Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Well, good morning, church. And what an honor and privilege it is to be with you this morning, being able to preach the Word of God to you. Um, I'm just linking in with a a series that Wayne started a couple of weeks ago. He talked to us in a three-part series about Martha and how we could actually turn our home into a temple by worshipping at home. And then leading on from that, I taught us about at home being present in the presence of God. And today I want to just follow on from that with another another thought that you could apply at home. The title of my message today is The Point. Have you ever heard of the pointer? It's actually a dog, a breed of dog, the pointer dog. He's really got some unique qualities. He's a wonderful hunting companion and one of these qualities that he displays is honor. You will see that as they go out on a hunt, this dog will sniff out the prey. Most times it's a ground bird. And as it comes close to the prey, it will stop. Its whole body will become rigid and stop in from its nose to its tail, right into this point, pointing towards the prey. It is really honoring to its owner, listening for commands, not rushing in, not taking the prey, but waiting for the owner to flush the bird out and allow the dog to fetch it once the bird has been shot. Sometimes these dogs don't just uh, hunt singly, they, they put them in twos or threes. And they call these dogs when they hunt together the brace dogs. They call them brace dogs because they're supporting one another. So interesting to watch. When they go out on the hunt, the first dog to find this prey, like I said before, will stop rigid into the stance of a point towards the the prey. And then the dog coming up from behind will see that dog pointing and will stop in its tracks and point as well towards the prey. Even though it perhaps can't even smell the prey or see the prey, it will stop and point. And so will the next one behind it. This to me is the most amazing demonstration of honor. And I'd like to show you today a a short clip of what it looks like when they hunt and when, and when they point. Check this out, but if you're a little bit squeamish and you don't like hunting, maybe now would be a good time to close your eyes. Okay. Something's close. Oh yeah. Never get tired of seeing that. Never get tired of seeing that. Okay, come on, let's get it. Oh, good boy, I stepped right over it. Wasn't that a lovely demonstration of honor? Do you know that God loves honor too? If you think back 
to the Israelites that wandered around in the desert for 40 years. They just kept going around and around in the desert for 40 years. Have you ever thought why? Why did they wander around in the desert? Well, I believe it's because they didn't honor God's word. If you could have a look in Deuteronomy 1 verse 21, God's word to them was this. Look, I've placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy. Occupy it just as the Lord your God, your ancestors, has promised you. He asked them to point. But this was their response in Deuteronomy 1 verse 26. Yet you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Do you know that honoring God's word takes us to his promises? It brings us to places of blessing and reward, and they refuse to point. Dishonor, it also can open up the door to destruction in our lives. And you see that in, in the lives of Miriam and Aaron. You know, they, they chose to dishonor Moses as their leader. They chose to criticize him and think, well, how come he's the only one that can hear from God? And they even criticized who he'd married. Well, the consequence of Miriam's dishonor was that she became leprous. Her whole body was white as snow. Leprosy and dishonor to me seems to go together in that, you know, when people start dishonoring, it's contagious. Other people catch on to it and they start to become critical and judgmental. It also creates this feelingless. When you get leprosy, you, you lose your sense of feeling. I think when you start to dishonor, you lose your sense of feeling. You become critical and judgmental of others and just life in general. God felt honor was so important that he actually put it as one of our Ten Commandments. And interestingly enough, that commandment comes with a promise. Ephesians 6, 2, 2 and 3 says, For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. Do you know honor was really important to God? So shouldn't honor be important to us too? Honor brings unity into our families. And who wouldn't want to prosper and live a long life, a long life of prosperity? Who wouldn't want to honor? Have you ever heard of that, that, that saying that says familiarity, it breeds contempt? Well, I'm wondering if familiarity had crept into Aaron and Miriam's life, being the older brother and sister of Moses, had they started to see Moses' faults, his failures, his warts, and they started to dishonor him. They refused to point and honor. And this is so easy, isn't it? Does it creep into our lives? Does it creep into our families? Where we start to see our faults and failures and our warts and all, and it's easy to become dishonoring towards each other. Jesus faced the same thing. Listen to what he said in Mark 6 verse 4. He said, the prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own family. These people, 
in Matthew 15 verse 8, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Honor, it's not something we say, it's something we do. Honor is something we do. Noah was a man who was righteous. He was considered blameless in the time that he lived, and he followed and fellowshiped with God. He honored God's word, didn't he? When God gave him his plans to build an ark, what did Noah say? He said, yes, sir. When Noah gave him those specifications, he didn't argue with him. He just said, yes, sir. When he told him how many animals to put into that ark, he just said, yes, sir. He didn't just say, yes, sir. He did. He didn't just speak honor. He did honor. And watch this. When it came time to go into that ark, Noah went in with his wife. He went in with his three sons and their wives. You see, Noah pointed to God. Noah honored God. And his family honored Noah and pointed to they honored their bracemates point. They find themselves, much like we have, in a lockdown situation, locked in a boat, not just for a couple of weeks like us, but for an entire year. Here they are, they're in this smelly place, confined place, and oh, no exercise when you're trapped on a boat. But yet, the whole family decided to honor God, to point. When that rain stopped, Noah sent out ravens, he sent out a dove, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited until that ground was dry enough for them to come out. And only when God said, it's time for you, Noah, to get out of that ark, did him and his family leave the ark. They honored God. They honored the point. The very first thing that Noah did when he got onto dry ground with his family was that he built an altar and he put a burnt offering on that altar. He was honoring God. He was saying, thank you, God, for my protection. Thank you, God, for an entire year that you've looked after me and my family. And when this offering was burning, it says there was a sweet smell that came up to God's nostrils and he enjoyed that honor. He enjoyed that smell of honor. What did God do? As soon as he smelt the honor from Noah and his family, he said, I want to give you a promise. I want to bless you. And I've put a rainbow in the sky so that you and your family and generations to come will never be flooded out and destroyed again. God loves honor. God loves honor from you. Will you point? Will you honor your bracemates point? Do we have a culture of honor? You might find yourself as the head of your home. Where do you point? Do you honor God? Do you ask your family to honor you and to honor God? We are very quick, aren't we? We point out that the schools have taken away our prayer time, our time of devotion in the assemblies. But are we doing that? Are we honoring at home? Do we have prayer times? 
do we have devotional times with our children as a family? You see, honour is not something we say. Honour is something we do. You know, Noah, he wasn't even perfect, was he? He find one day that he's had a drink too many and he's found in his tent and he's naked. And one of his sons, Ham, he goes in there and he sees his father and he and he's, goes to his other brothers, Shem and Japheth, and he exposes him. He says, come and look, dad's naked in the tent. But the other two boys, Shem and Japheth, they take a cloth and they go in the tent backwards and they covered their father. They didn't want to expose him. They didn't want to criticize him. They didn't want to judge him. And this is what honor is. This was what honor would have expected. This is what God would have wanted. It's very interesting to see that Shem and Japheth are found in the genealogy of Jesus. But Ham, his grandson, is Nimrod. And Nimrod was instrumental in building the Tower of Babel. Now the Tower of Babel was built to protect the people from a flood that might come across the entire earth. Nimrod didn't honor God's word. He didn't point to God's word. He didn't believe God's word. And so the people were scattered. Do you have a culture of honor? You know, one of our nine culture statements in our church, PCF Church, is choose honor. Choose honor. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. This choose honor culture statement comes from Romans 12 verse 10. What could we do with this honor statement? Could we adapt this, do you think, to our homes? Could we outdo one another in our homes in respect and honor for one another? Even in a lockdown situation, in a smelly, confined space where you're quite fed up with being with the same people all the time, like Noah, could you imagine being just the eight of them for a whole year? Could we outdo ourselves in honor, honor for God, honor for one another? Could we honor the point by honoring God with time? Could we honor him by spending time in the word and showing our children and families how to honor God? Could we honor our employer with our time? When we say we're going to be there, we're there. When we've signed a contract that says 37 and a half hours a week, do we honor those hours even though we're working from home? Do we honor our family when we say we're going to be home at a certain time and we do come home? Do we honor our children when we say we well, are going to be at that uh, school event? Children, do you honor your parents when you say you're going to do those chores? Do you do them? Do we honor our leaders without question, even sometimes when you don't know where you're going? Do we honor our government, our leaders in government? Do we honor our church leaders? Do we honor those who lead us at home? Or do we expose? Do we criticize? Do we judge? Let's take on this culture of honor. Let's change our homes and outdo one another in honor and respect. 
question for you. Why honor? Why? Why point? Well, at the beginning of this preach, I talked to you about the Israelites going round and round aimlessly for 40 years in the desert. They didn't get into the promised land. They didn't get their inheritance. This is why we need to honor. We want to live a life that brings promise, that brings eternal life, that brings the reward that God has chosen to give us. However, after being in the desert for 40 years, there's a man there and his name is Joshua. He wandered around with those people for 40 years, but now it comes to time where he is now the leader of the Israelites and he decides to change. He said, no longer am I going to not point. I am going to point to God's word. And he goes back to the promise of, I will point these people towards the promised land and take the promise that God has given to us. So like the previous generation, he sends out spies too. He sends out spies to Jericho and they go and check out what it would be like to take on Jericho. After three days, they come back to Joshua, but this time with a totally different report altogether. The first generation they came back, they said, giants are too huge. They see us as grasshoppers. It's too immense. We can't do it. We'll be dead. Listen to what happened with the spies that came back from Jericho. They pointed, they pointed to God and his word they honored. They said to Joshua, the Lord has given us the whole land. And they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. All the people? Had they met all the people? What a faith statement. The people with Joshua that came, came with him, they wanted to honor God's word too. They wanted to outdo themselves in respect and honor for their leader and for the word of God. They wanted to honor their bracemates point because they said, they answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us. We will go wherever you send us. Anyone who rebels against your orders and doesn't obey them, everything you command them will be put to death. They changed their mind. They decided to honor God's word. They followed Joshua's instructions. They followed the ark of the Lord. They followed the priests towards the river. They followed them to the Jordan River where the priests stood in the water, honoring God. I think everyone is aware that we have a life process, a flow of life. We're born and we have a period of time that we're alive and then we die. Now, I believe that when we honor God, we can cut through that flow of life from just Adam to death. We can cut through and take the promises of God and go and get our inheritance of eternal life when we honor God's word. I want you to check this out in Joshua. It is amazing to see what happens next because honor cuts through the default flow of life. Joshua 3, Joshua 3 verse 16 says this, Then the waters which came down from above stood and rose up in a heap afar off at Adam, the city that is beside Zareth. 
and those flowing down towards the sea of the Arabah, the salt Dead Sea, were wholly cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. When those priests stood in the water and they were honoring God, the river stopped upstream by Adam, and all the other water just flowed down into the Dead Sea. There was a path cut through to their promised land. Adam, representing the beginning, beginning of mankind, perhaps our old man, the flesh, and death, death, eternal death, no life. When they stepped in with honor and believing God's word, there was a path cut through. There's a path that can be cut through in your life too. When you step out in honor for God's word, when you point towards God and his word, when you take your family and point them towards God and his word, there's a cut through of the flow, the general flow of life. It doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. Adam is pushed aside. Death is pushed aside. And eternal promises, the promised land that we are promised, eternal life, the good promises that God has promised for us belong to us. A new pathway. Just like Noah and his family. They cut through death, didn't they? They didn't stay. They weren't drowned out. God saved them, gave them protection, gave them his promises. And Joshua and the Israelites, they took cities. They took the promises of God, what belonged to them. You and your family can do that too, by honoring God's word. This is not just for you. He can take you into a whole new world of protection and promises from generation to generation. Jesus is our perfect example, isn't he? He was perfectly honoring his father. He would say things like, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I only do what my father tells me to do. I only say what my father tells me to say. Jesus was so honoring of God that he submitted himself to the point of death. And because he did that, he cut through that passage of life from Adam to death for us. He cut through that flow of life because of his honoring God, saying, my son will die and take on the sins of the world. He cut through so that we could take those promises. He honored his bracemate's point. God pointed and Jesus honored the point. Today is an opportunity for you to get out of a wilderness situation where you're just going round and round aimlessly. Perhaps you find yourself today in a leprous situation where you have been dishonoring, where you've judgmental and critical and you've lost your feeling and it's quite contagious, you're spreading it. This is a time to reevaluate, to just reflect and ask yourself, where do I point? Do I point to God? Do I point to the good things of God or do I criticize and pull down? Who do I point to? Where do I point my family to? Who do I honor? Am I outdoing myself? 
in respect and honor for one another. Today, will you and your family commit? Commit to outdo yourselves. Because when we honor, he promises us a long, good, prosperous life. I want to pray for us today as we take this time and reflect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you were so obedient and that you honored your Father's words and you went to the cross for us, opening up that way, that breaking that flow of life from Adam to death so that we could take the inheritance that belongs to us. Father God, I pray that as we evaluate our lives, as we sit and reflect, help us to make good choices, help us to honor you and to honor your word and to honor in a way that outdoes and to just respect and to point our families in your direction. Thank you, Lord, that you help us in this. In Jesus' name, amen.